the Russ Podcast tonight. I'm your host, Kirk Space. Are you saved today? Do you have a born-again Christian experience that you want to share on the show? Are you religious? Are you questioning the Bible or even God's existence? If so, I want to have a conversation with you. You could reach out to me at russpodcast at proton.me. That's russpodcast at proton.me. Or go find me Facebook, Instagram, shoot me a message, Let's have a conversation, guys. Come on, let's get people saved. Uh, so tonight, uh, this was a really good conversation. I had uh, Juliana Crawshaw on from the Crosswalk Life, and she uh, was put in contact with me through Doreen Burrett. And God bless Doreen. She's uh, she's out there. She's on a mission to get my show out there and get people on to, to give testimonies. And uh, there's going to be some more coming, guys. I mean, she's getting it out in the, uh, Africa, Portugal, all over the place, you know, God bless her. And um, so I, I uh, got in touch with Juliana here and we she shared her testimony. Um, she came from a religious, uh, a bondage to religion. And it, it's amazing um, what, what God, you know, just how he moves and how he works and how she was obedient to the Holy Spirit and how he used uh, a woman in her life to reveal to her that that she was in fact in bondage, and, and she heeded the call, and you know she the message of the cross changed her life, and you know this is this is an incredible story, is it's a wonderful testimony, and I pray you guys enjoy it. So let's get over to Juliana Crawshaw right now. All right, guys. So tonight I have Juliana Crawshaw from the Crosswalk Life. How you doing tonight, Juliana? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to uh, talk to you. Uh, we came in contact through Doreen Burrett, which she's on a mission right now. She's uh, she's so ecstatic about my show and and what the Lord's doing with it. And she's she's sending my my show to people in Portugal and you know all over the con- all over the world. It's amazing. So I'm I'm excited to uh, see what the Lord's going to do with it. Amen. So you have um, the Crosswalk Life. Uh, so before we get into your testimony, just tell us a little bit about uh, your ministry, your show, uh, where anybody can find you and your work and how they could go about doing all of that. Okay. So you would ask that question. <laughs> so the Crosswalk Life program uh, is, you can find it on my Facebook page. Um, the Crosswalk Life is on my Facebook page. Um, and it's also on YouTube. And um, if you just go to um, Leave It at the Cross on uh, YouTube, and you'll see Juliana Crawshaw at Leave It at the Cross. Juliana Crawshaw at Leave It at the Cross on, on YouTube, and you can find all the programs there. And so, um, 
you know, that's how people can find it. But they can go to Juliana Crawshaw on Facebook and they'll see all the programs there as well. And so that's how they can find the Crosswalk Life programs. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, guys, I, I encourage you guys to check her out too because she's got uh, some really godly people on there. I mean, coming up, she's got Pastor Carter Conlon coming on. Uh, she had Dave Watts from Jimmy Swaggart Ministry, uh, Dave Borg. You know, the Lord's really just, when we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, that God's just sending people her way and and they're coming on. So I encourage you guys to go check her out in her ministry. Um, <clears throat> Juliana, how, how long have you been saved now? Oh, uh, 30 years. Oh, wow. I feel like a, <laughs> a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, here, uh, here's the thing. I've been, I've been saved 30 years, but part, a lot of that time, uh, I was in, bound by a spirit of religion. So mm. anyway, uh, for 20 something of those years, I was, I was in a spirit of religion. Wow. Yeah. I would love to get into some of that and definitely, uh, how you, uh, the testimony on the message of the cross also and, and how that, mm -hmm. that worked in your life. So I'd looking forward to getting into all that. <clears throat> uh, so I'll, uh, I'll open us up here with a quick word of prayer with the audience, and then I'll let you take the floor, and you could just lay it out however you want. Okay. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, for everything that you've done in our lives, Lord. And we thank you for the opportunity to talk with Juliana here and let her share her testimony of what you've done in her life and what you are doing and what you're going to do, Lord. And Lord, we pray the listening audience may have ears to hear and a heart soft and willing to hear what we are going to say today. And we pray, Lord, that your spirit lead this conversation and may you get all the glory, God. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I want to just, first of all, I want to thank you for, um, uh, you know, giving me opportunity to share uh, just the goodness of the Lord and what he's done in my life. And, and so thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. And, um, you know, it's interesting because when I turned 60 years old, I'm 64 now, but when I turned 60, I said to the Lord, Lord, you know, thank you for being with me these 20 something years I had said. And, uh, the Holy Spirit said, Juliana, I have been with you these 60 years, mm. but you didn't have revelation of it until 20, you know, something years, however long I'd been saved at that time. So, you know, whoever's listening, you know, who's saved, you know, may or who who isn't saved, you know, God has been with us all our lives. Right. You know, we just don't have a, it, we didn't have a revelation of it until the moment we got saved. Or if you're not saved, you don't have a revelation that he's with you. And he wants you to have a revelation that he is with you. You know, he is, uh, you know, um, Elohim, the God, who, or, or, um, oh, what is it? The God who is with us. Uh, um, Jehovah oh, Shammah. what is it? Huh? Jehovah Shammah. No, no. When we say it at Christmas, uh, anyway, I just lost it. Oh, you know. Um, oh, what is it when it's when it, he says the God who is with us? 
Uh Um, It's bugging me. Uh, The God who is with us. Um, God who I'm looking it up. (laughs) Anyway, uh, who is with us. I'm looking it up because it's bothering me. But anyway, so... You know, God's God is has been with me all my life, but I didn't realize it until I got saved. And you know, um, and I'm great, uh, Emmanuel. Man, I was just going to say Emmanuel, Emmanuel, the God who was with us. But <clears throat> so the thing is, is that you know, I had no revelation of that. But I want to go back for a minute because I grew up in a home. Uh, both my parents were Jewish. Um, my mom and dad were divorced when I was just a baby. Um, and my mom, uh, we were Dutch and my mom took my sister and me to Holland and hid us from my dad. And so I didn't know my dad. And so we were hid in Holland. We stayed there for a while and then we came to the States. And I want to just say this, my mom, she was in, um, three concentration camps uh, when, in World War II. And so my mom didn't really know how to be a mom. And there was a lot of, a lot of ugly things that went on in her because of being in concentration camps. So she, she wasn't really present in our lives. So, you know, by the time I was 11, she just gave me up. She didn't want, she didn't want to be a mom anymore. And so that started a lot of rejection, a lot of, Um, just a lot of ugly stuff in my life. And I had no reference point for a parent. I had no reference point for what love looked like. I had no reference point for any type of acceptance, um, any value at all. And so that kind of just started the beginning of um, looking for acceptance, looking for love, looking for some sort of value. And, um, as time went on, you know, I got into, um, things I shouldn't get into, Uh, you know, I, when I was in, in high school, I was a loner and then I, I found a friend and then I got into drugs. I'm just kind of going kind of a fast forward. So I don't go into the whole, you know, detail of my adolescence, but I got into drugs and, uh, and then I got into, you know, heavier drugs and, and became a drug addict. And, and I was looking for um, something that only, you know, Jesus could give. But in my home, when I was growing up, even being in, from a Jewish family, the only time we talked about God was during the holidays, like Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and all that. But on a regular basis, God was never mentioned. And so... I I had no idea about God. I didn't really, no one ever talked to me about God. God was not a term that was ever used in our home. And so, you know, um, in school, I got into, you know, drugs, got in with the wrong people, so on and so forth. And anyway, so uh, I got in with some bad people. Um, You know, I, I, when my mom, when I did live with my mom, um, my, both my sister and I were molested by our stepfather. Um, you know, uh, there was just a lot of, I was very guarded. There was a lot of mistrust and I didn't trust anybody. And, um, uh, when it came to men, I didn't, you know, if somebody would, would have talked to me about God, I would have never 
uh, even thought about trusting any God if anybody would have brought up God at that time, which they didn't. But um, so there was no trust in any any parental person. Um, and so, you know, it was it was a really hard, uh, a hard life. I didn't trust anybody. I didn't know what love was. Um, if people did say, I love you, most of the time there was no actions that, that, you know, came along with that. It was just words. And so, um, I moved out of my, my dad's house. My mom gave me up at 11 and had sent me to live with my dad. And I moved out of my dad's house when I was 17 and, um, lived, um, on the street a little while and then ended up getting a job and got my own place and so on and so forth. But, um, uh, after a while, you know, I got my, myself together and I ended up getting married and, and, um, have, have my first child. And the long and the short of it was after I, I got, um, I had my, my baby, I was not doing drugs when I had my baby, but, uh, what ended up happening was this is, this is what's incredible about God. I was, I was still doing drugs after I got, after I had my baby, my husband, and I got divorced and I moved to Washington state and I met this guy and, uh, we had a baby together and I was not married and we started doing meth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were really into drugs and I was in a car with this girl and we were getting ready to get high. And I looked at her and I said, I, I mean, it felt like the whole car fi- filled with all of the love of heaven. You could even fathom. And I did not even know God yet. And I said to her, what do you think God thinks while he watches us do this? I mean, I was crying hysterically Whoa. because I felt what I'd never felt before. And I could not even get the words out. But I said in tears, what do you think God thinks while he watches us do this? And she said, oh, I don't think he cares. And I could barely get out. I think he does. Mm. And I, at that moment, I did not get high. She did. But that at that moment, in that car, God delivered me. And I went home and I never did anything again. I, at that moment I was delivered and you have to understand I wasn't even saved. (laughs) That's amazing. Talk about a miracle. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't even know that was a miracle until years later when I started doing jail ministry and one of the girls asked how, if I ever did drugs and I told her that story and she said, Juliana, you know, that was a miracle. And I didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me that it was. Wow. But so after that car incident, it wasn't long after that, that um, my, the the man I had, I was with, who was my boyfriend at the time, we ended up getting married. I had another baby. Anyway, he continued to do drugs and drink. And I, a friend of mine was, you know, talking to me about the Lord and so forth. And I ended up getting saved. I, I, I was being abused by him and stuff. And, and I left and I was, you know, I had a, a baby in one hand, and a suitcase in another and didn't know what to do. And I went to my friend's house and she took me to church 
and I just kind of went to church for a while. I mean, I didn't trust church people because they just, you know, I just the experience I had with church people were just was not good. And, you know, you got to understand in the drug world I was in, you know, I, I was like a biker chick and the people in my world, we watched each other's back more than the people in the church did. And so I, I just didn't trust people. I didn't trust religious people. And so it was really hard for me. So I went to church with my friend and I watched for a long time. I, I didn't give my heart to Jesus right away. I, I watched and uh, wanted to see if these people were for real. And then God kind of ministered to my heart that I wasn't there for the people. I was there for him. And so after, I don't know, maybe six months, eight months, I gave my heart to Jesus. And, um, and then the rest of that was history because I continued. But here's what happened is that um, I traded addictions is what happened. Mm. I, I traded my addiction to drugs and became addicted to ministry. And, you know, when I was addicted to drugs, I was, I was leaving my children uh, for the drugs. And I was, you know, sacrificing my children for drugs. And then when I got saved, I was sacrificing my children for ministry. And so either way, they suffered. And, but that's what I was taught. You know, in the church, I was taught if you're successful in ministry, then that means you're successful with God. And I didn't know any better. And I was raised in a word of faith church mm. and a lot of false doctrine. And um, and so, um, you know, that's all I knew. And it was all about self. It was all it wasn't about wasn't about Calvary. It was all about self. And it was about your title. It was about your ministry. Um, it, it was just about your success um, and your identity being in what you do. It was not in your identity being in what's been done for you. Well, what ended up happening is um, I became um, bound by a spirit of religion. And uh, I ended up divorcing my second husband um, I mean, he just, and, and, and it really, it was because the abuse got worse and worse and worse, and it was d dangerous for my children and me. And so we got divorced and I just got more, um, deeper into this, into the church and into ministry. And I started doing jail ministry and prison ministry and yada to yada to, and leaving my kids to do all that. And, um, and, and the spirit of religion, I didn't even see it was growing worse and worse and worse and worse. And I ended up getting married a third time <laughs> and to a man who I thought was very godly and, um, who, who played the part well, but he, what he was just, he was just bound by our spirit of religion, probably just as bad or worse than I was. And, um, anyway, uh, as I was doing everything that I thought was right, 
things were getting worse. So let me explain that. So I would, I would fast more and pray more and read more and, and, you know, spend hours in prayer. And you got to understand I was neglecting my children in doing all these things. And what was happening is that spirit of religion was growing so strong and so bad. I felt like I was living in an iron room. So nothing could get in and nothing could get out. And, and it got so bad that I was, I mean, when I say it was getting so bad, the oppressive spirit and the depression in my life was growing worse. So, so if anybody can understand this, so let's say you're, you have a, a spirit of oppression or you're, you're feeling like this depression is getting worse. So you're going, okay, I'm going to fast more for victory. So I was trying to fast more and pray more. And as I'm doing it, things are getting just worse. My marriage is getting worse. My kids are getting worse. That what I'm feeling inside my heart is getting worse. And you're not understanding why. And I, I'm going, I don't understand why. Why is this getting worse? So as it's getting worse, I'm also going through a lot of surgeries. So I, I, I have all these pills because I have, I'm having back surgeries, knee surgeries, neck surgeries, shoulder surgeries. So on top of all that, and I have all these pills while well, I'm in my room one day and I can hear the voice of the enemy. And he says, just take the pills and it'll all be over. Mm. And I mean, I can hear it as clear as I hear my own voice right now. Mm. And he said, you'll have perfect peace. It'll all be over. and You won't have to feel any, any more of this. And I'll tell you what, I was so close. I mean, seconds away from just taking all the pills. And I didn't say, Jesus, help me. I didn't pray. I didn't call anybody. Nobody knew about what I was about to do, but I was done. I was just done with life. And I can't tell you what happened, but I can tell you who happened. And I, I believe that Jesus entered that room and saved my life because I'm here today. And I know that Christ saved my life. And he rescued me from taking my own life praise god and i'll tell you what i remember that brother swaggart said <clears throat> i i mean this is before i knew anything about the message of the cross but i heard years later brother swaggart said the spirit of religion is the worst narcotic yep. on planet earth you know yep. and that is true and people better wake up to that and it it it, it makes me angry because the church, the church tells people you got to do more, go out there and, you, you know, do more ministry, do more ministry, do more ministry. And that is not what we need to do. Right. We need to have intimacy with Christ and know him because that spirit of religion will choke the life of Christ right out of you. And I'm living proof of that. And that's exactly what it tried to do. And so anyway, I remember, so I, I used to be, um, well, it doesn't matter what I used to be, but there was this couple I used to work for. I used to do ministry with them. 
And it's so dumb, but it's so great how God will use something so dumb. So this, I was, I was there, I did something for them and it doesn't matter what I did. But so the wife said something to me and it, it bothered me so much when she said it. And when she said it, I felt like a little girl, like I was at my mother's table and my mom was, was hitting my elbows off the table and displeased with me. And I just wanted to run in a corner and cry while I was telling my friend this one day. And I was just hysterical. It was so dumb. Like it was just stupid. And my friend and my friend said, do you want to meet somebody? And I would have never said yes, because I was so guarded. I mean, I was so guarded and out of my mouth came. Yes. I mean, it was just, it had to be God. And I mean, I was hysterical and I said, yes. And she, she said, okay, I'll take you. And what I didn't know is she was taking me to a Christian counselor, this woman named Wanda Krantz, who's now my spiritual mother. And she's been discipling me for 17 years now. And um, anyway, so my friend took me to meet her. And, and this is so God, because I was so guarded. I would, I, I didn't trust God. I didn't trust anybody. And so I went to meet Wanda and she she's the one she looked at me when i first met her and she said juliana do you believe that you believe that you believe that god loves you well a spirit of religion will always come from the head never come from the heart mm -hmm. and i said sure i do yeah and i quoted scripture because a spirit of religion knows exactly what to say and can quote scripture all the time, but doesn't come from the heart and believe what they're saying. And um, she said, she looked at me again. She said, Juliana, do you believe that you believe that you believe that Jesus loves you? And I just fell apart and cried and said, no, I don't. And that's where we began. Wow. And I went to see her every week. And I remember when she told me, when she went to see the woman who discipled her, she said, I would have crawled on glass to go see my spiritual mother who discipled me, if that's what it took. And, that, and I finally understood after, I don't know, maybe three months what that meant. Because even the only thing that would have kept me from seeing her is if I was really, 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 really sick. But Wanda was the one that had to tell me that that I was I was bound by a spirit of religion. And I want to tell you this. It was a day that I went to see her and she had looked at something that I had shared with people. It was words from God and, you know, um, scriptures that I, you know, different things that I had shared with people. And she had it in her hand. And she said, <laughs> do you believe this is God? You believe these are all words from the Lord? And I said, well, sure I do. And she said, Juliana, these, the, this, this is just from your own heart. This isn't God at all. And I was so mad at her. I didn't know whether I was going to get up and leave or get up and slap her. Mm. But I was angry because she was telling me the truth that I didn't want to hear that, right. that religion 
does not like it because it's touching on on the things in your heart that's true that you don't want to hear. Just like Jesus did, you, you know, you you brood of vipers or whatever he would say. You know, anything that was said in scripture, you know, you know, where it said, you know, you're like whitewashed tombs, you know, and and uh, anything that's truth will will just cut to the heart and reveal what's really there. And so she said to me and and we were just quiet for like, I don't know how long we were quiet, but it, it was the only time I ever felt like. God's hands were on my shoulders, keeping me in that chair. And we were quiet. She said, well, what are you going to do? You going to leave? Or are you going to stay? And I just stayed. And it's been 16, I think 15 or 16 or 17 years that she's been discipling me. Wow. Yeah. Is she... um is she the one that gave you uh, the message of the cross? Well, that's the other thing I want to say. So um, she uh, she gave me a CD the first time I went to her. She gave me a CD, His Mercy and Grace by Brother Swaggart. And I was like, I'd never heard of Jimmy Swaggart. And so she gives me the CD and she said, you should listen to this. And I'm like, oh, whatever. So I go home and I didn't put it in, didn't listen to it. And then after, I don't know, two weeks, I finally put it in. And it's his mercy and grace. And so I listened to it. I loved it. And she gave me a camp meeting DVD. <clears throat> and I was listening to, one day I was in my house. And this is when I was still married to my third husband. And um. And I, and I was listening to the DVD, the camp meeting, and I didn't know anything at all about the message of the cross. Never heard of it, never heard anything about it. He starts singing. <laughs> he poured in the oil and the wine. Mm. He found me bleeding and dying on that Jericho road, yep. and he poured in the oil and the wine. And I just started, I was sitting on the ottoman in my living room and I just started rolling back and forth and I was crying and laughing and laughing and crying. And it was like, I couldn't articulate in my, with words, but in my heart, I knew it was about Calvary, right? but I couldn't say it with words, but I knew. And at that moment I was born again, again, right there at that moment. Hallelujah. It was amazing. And from that moment on, I have SBN on all the time in my house. And yeah. here was the crazy thing is that Elliot, my third husband, he was a smoker. And I had, God had delivered me from cigarettes years before. But what was hap what happened was I started smoking again. And Elliot would take his cigarettes to, to work with him. But I would dig the cigarette butts out of our wood stove. I mean, it was disgusting <laughs> and I would dig, it was gross. And I would dig them out of the wood stove and smoke the butts. And I was crying out to God. I was like, Lord, this is disgusting. How could I be doing this? And I would say, God, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Just help me, please. Well, one day on the message of the cross and I, I mean, I was begging God, take it, take it, take it. And on one day on the message of the cross, Lauren Larson says, you need to stop asking God to take your 
whatever, I forget how he said it. And he said, just quit saying no to your sin and just start saying yes to Jesus. And I, it, it was like a light bulb moment for me. And I said, I don't even know what that means, but I'm just, God, I'm just going to say yes to Jesus. And I can't, I can't do this. You're going to have to do it. And I'll tell you what, I don't even know what happened. I just know I don't smoke anymore. Hallelujah. He did it. <clears throat> yeah. It's amazing. So, yeah, it is. It really is amazing. And so I had, you know, I mean, he, and, and here's what's the amazing thing. I was saved all those years. All those years. I mean, I, all those years I was saved. I was, but when I came to you know be introduced to the message of the cross and sitting on that ottoman that was the day i was born again again right and then when i started listening to the message of the cross it was like i i was i was like i came alive i came i really came alive something it, everything changed in me everything changed and and the 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 thing is is that um my faith is my faith is no longer in what i do and and the thing is it rubs it rubs it pushes against kirk it pushes against the church oh yeah and i don't care i you know i was talking to doreen today and you know um we were talking about how the more you preach the cross the fewer the fewer, the more narrow it gets, mm -hmm. and it it, it becomes it becomes a lonely place. It yeah. really does. It becomes a lonely walk. It's offensive, and I'm finding to that to be true. Yeah, it's offensive. It it really is offensive, and you know, like I said to you, the scripture where he says, "Woe to you, teachers of the law," you know, Pharisees, you hypocrites, because you're like white whitewash whitewash tombs yep. which look beautiful on the outside but on the inside you're full of the the bones of the dead and the thing that gets me is before when i was in religion i had a form of godliness but denied the power right. thereof i had a form of godliness in religion but i denied the power and the power is in in the finished work of christ right and that's you know i hate to say it but that's the majority of the church. Yeah, it's sad. That's the huh? It's so sad. <clears throat> it it is sad, but it's the truth. Yep. And you know, there's people that in there's people that sit in church every day, and they think by going and doing their religious duty that that they're they're quote quote believers. But that's not true because sitting in a garage don't make me a car. Right. And, and I'm living proof of that. I, I went to church every single Sunday. I went to church on Wednesdays. I went to church on Sundays. I did the bake sales. You know, I did the outreaches. You know, I did everything. You know, I, I was part of the prayer team. You know, I led this. I did. I taught the Sunday school for the kids. You know, I did the, I did mission things. I did it all. But I was not... Uh, 
yeah, I was I was way off base, boy. I was I was I was doing all the religious works, but I had no intimacy with Christ. I wasn't my faith was not in what Christ did. My faith is what was in what I did. Your works. And yeah. I traded addictions. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. That's all I did. I was and I was committing spiritual adultery, to be honest with you. Right. Well, luckily, um, you know, for your sake, you were born again from the start. You know, you had that conversion way back in the beginning. But unfortunately, today, that's not a, not the case with a lot of these people. A lot of these people never had an encounter with the Lord. And they've just been, as you said, doing their religious duties uh, since they were kids. And they're going on and just going about their lives. And they, they think they're Christians and they're saved and... You know, they, they never had that radical encounter with the Lord, never got born again. And, you know, it's, yeah, I was going to bring up what you said, how, how Brother Swaggart always used to preach and teach that uh, religion is the most addictive narcotic on the planet. And it's it's true. And, you know, the, the offense of the cross, uh, the, the reason it gets so much pushback is because it forces you and it corners puts you into a corner to address your sin and take a look at yourself and and address yourself and nobody wants to do that because pride is at is yeah. at the center of all of it you know and and I don't <laughs> me and my my friend Adam we talk about this all the time like as born again believers and trying to witness to people I, I we <laughs> it's a toss up if it's it's harder to reach the religious or the lost. You know, it's like it's tough. It's real tough. And you know, Doreen, I was talking to Doreen about this also because when she got saved, she she like she said it's it's a it's a good display of what the church is like today because as she said, she was just floundering around out there. Look, there was nobody to disciple her. She was just drifting from one church to the next, to this, to that. And, you know, everybody was just teaching works and teaching law. And it's just a an unfortunate state of the church today to see where we're at. Well, when you say, you know... Here's the thing: when you say they, pe- people are just teaching works or, and teaching law, it it it's it's a, that's synonymous one with the other. Yeah. Because faith in law is faith in works. Right. It's saying what you do, you're putting faith in what you do, and and so when we put faith in our prayer life, faith in our our reading, faith in our going to church, that is that's. Because the strength of the sin is, is what does it say? The, f- the strength of the law is, is sin? Yep. Uh, anyway, that's because we make a law. We're making a law out of what we're doing. And that's that's sin. Right. That's sin. And that's, and that's, that's grievous to God. Spiritual adultery. Yeah. Yeah. And it's grievous to God. And. And the thing is, I, what you said about you and Adam, what you guys were talking about, I believe that the ministering to the lost is far easier. Yeah, I agree. Than ministering to the to the to the church because people, the church thinks that they already got it. I don't need that. I already right. got it. I, I, why do you, why do I need to be ministered to? Because I already know it all. 
Know-it-alls don't need to learn anything because they already know it all. But people who, who are, you know, it's like people, I, I know a lot of people who are like new age people. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about that, they're searching. Right. They're hungry. They're searching for something. Now, granted that what they're looking at is, is not right, but they, at least they're searching for something. They're hungry for an answer. But people who think they are the answer and have, you know, they don't need anything because they got it already. And they are their own. They already are their own God. They they're already Pharisees are the worst to Jesus had the hardest time with the Pharisees. Look who he chose. He chose no one else would choose. Right. Yeah, we'll just so, look what, what the Lord said in uh, Revelation chapter 3 about the church of Laodicea, which theologians would say would be the church age we're living in. You know, you're, you're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. That That is the church today, 100%. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that the, the thing is, is that, do you know that in Revelation ch- chapter 2, from chapter two to chapter three, seven times, seven times it references he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. And five times it references repent. Yep. So if God says it once, we need to pay attention. He says it seven times and then five times. And he's speaking to the church. The church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sad. You know, and what, what I'm seeing now, uh, since I started this show, um, until, you know, it kind of takes off and, and, you know, people start coming to me to want to share their testimony, I, I have to do all the legwork now to, to find people. And what I'm seeing online, like I'm just going through social media pages and, you know, Instagram and Facebook. I'm in a uh, couple SBN groups and uh, Jimmy Swagger groups on Facebook, just looking for people that actually look like they're born again. And I'm trying to talk to these people to, you know, get them to share their testimonies. And it's, Julian, it's like pulling teeth. It's it's so hard. And the people that are, are talking to me online, they're religious, they're, they're Pentecostal oneness, and they're, they're this, that, and the other. And they're, they're trying, instead of trying to convert the lost, they're trying to convert the saved to their religion. You're right. It's unbelievable. You're absolutely right. You can't. And it, you and, can't talk and, to them. It's it's, it's 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 literally insane. I mean, all weekend I've been um, having discussions with about five different people on one page. It's an apostolic Pentecostal page, and I mean they're they're talking down to me that the Trinity is is. Uh, wrong and silly and they're, they're name calling me and I'm giving them uh, scripture and I'm telling them, showing them the, the Greek, you know, that there's a difference. There's, you know, different words used for, you know, just because the, the English says baptized doesn't mean it means water. And I'm trying to explain to them this. And I said, look, I have a podcast. You, there's an open door. You can come on here and you guys can have a discussion about this and everybody, they just go away. They stop. When you start showing them these things and the truth and the errancy in their scriptures, they disappear. And then they, or they just name call you. It's like, it's an uphill battle right now. Mm. Well, and also, but, you know, also 
if they disappear, it may be because God's protecting you right. and protecting other people from being confused. Yeah, that's that's a good angle so, I didn't look at. Yeah, because he God knows. And the other thing is God showed me one time uh, when I was, there was something going on. It doesn't matter what the issue is. And I don't want to bring that out. But the Holy Spirit put on my heart, you know, the, the best way to win a tug of war and I was like, how? And he said, drop your end of the rope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, that's a good one. Yeah. So because we, because religion, listen, I know what, you know, I was ensconced and, and bound so long by a spirit of religion. And, and, and honestly, I never want to go back. And so, uh, you know, it's like, it's like a smoker. Smokers can you know you can smell another smoker a mile away you can tell or i used to smoke pot uh, i used to do drugs so you can you can tell when someone's tweaking because you you've been there so you can you can identify things when you used to be involved in things right and you're so you you're more easily aware of things that you used to be involved in so you know um it's it's just uh uh you don't want to go back so uh, sparring with religion is not something you want to do. No, you know, it's not, it's not something you want to do. Cause it's just not, it's not worth your time. It's just not worth it. And, um, and so sometimes the, the enemy will use religion, the spirit of religion to try to get us to spar in. And Jesus didn't even bother with that because we've got far more work to do. But here's the thing is for your, for people that are listening, there, there might be people, because one of the things that Brother Lauren Larson said that I think is vital to bring up, because there might be people listening that that wonder if they're bound by spirit religion and they want to be free. And I didn't know that I was bound by spirit religion. And then when I was, when my spiritual mother, when the Holy Spirit was the one that used her to call it out and 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 say to me you you're bound by a spirit religion i got angry at right. first because i didn't you know it's it's like somebody telling you you smell <laughs> <laughs> you don't want somebody to just say to you you know i i love you but you stink i mean who wants to hear that right yeah but the but the reality is the truth does hurt but we have you know the truth it says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free it's for freedom, right? It's for freedom right. so that we're not bound anymore. Anyway, but uh, Brother Lar Lauren said there's three things that fight against the message of the cross. And one is powers of darkness, which is obvious. Mm -hmm. Previous teaching is the other one. And um, the, uh, the third one is... Uh, Oh, oh, help me, Lord. The flesh. Powers of darkness. Huh? Is it the flesh? No. Powers of darkness, previous teachings, and uh, personal a, a personal agenda. Oh. So, you know, um, is it personal agenda? Anyway, uh, so the previous teaching and... and um, powers of darkness and personal agenda. We So, you know, we... We don't want 
you know, we don't we don't want to admit that the previous teaching we have been teaching or we've been taught is wrong. And Satan, of course, powers of darkness are going to are going to try to hold us captive. And our, our personal agenda is is like we're not going to admit that we have a personal agenda. We don't want to we don't want to admit that our previous teaching maybe the pastor that's been teaching us is wrong or maybe we're the pastor and what we're teaching is wrong. Right. So, you know, it, it's very powerful. Those three P's are very powerful um, that he brought out. And so if somebody's listening right now and they're, you know, or, and they're, they're, they, they're wondering, maybe I am, you know, bound by a spirit of religion uh, or, you know, they, it's important to go to God, be willing to go to God and say, you know, am I, am I, in, do, am I bound by a spare religion? And the, one of the th- key things to think about is, do I always have to, um, I think one of the things is if, okay, here's, here's something that I love. When I was driving to go to the jail one time, I was thinking, oh, what am I going to say to the girls? Da, da, da. I want thinking about what I'm going to say to the girls at the jail. And the Holy Spirit said, "It's uh, he. Um, I I don't want you to think about telling them what you know. I want you to show them who you know. Mm. Uh, it's not about telling them what you know." but showing them who you know. Amen. And religion always wants to tell people what we know, but grace shows people who we know. See, religion loves, you know, because knowledge puffs up, but love builds up, the Mm -hmm. scripture says. And so, you know, religion has to always tell people what we know. Always. But never care never cares about the heart never and and the reality is god does care about the heart religion loves to tell people everything but god jesus will ask people about things you always you know the thing is jesus asked something like 307 questions i find that to be very interesting you know religion wants to tell 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 but grace will ask right? because grace wants to draw things out of us that God already knows about us. Don't you find that interesting? Yeah. So I, if, if somebody is struggling, it's a good thing to, to, you know, because God says the heart is deceitful above all things who can know it. Well, God knows the heart. Religion always wants to come from the head, but God's after our heart. And if somebody is listening and you, I'm talking to the listener right now. And if you always have to come from your head and you always have to come from your, your answer is always scripture. And you're always coming from the, the place of scripture, scripture, scripture. And you can never just talk from your heart that's a clear indication that you may be coming from religion. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear that um, track? It's called Missing Heaven by 18 Inches. No. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I could give you the, the brief synopsis of it. It's, 
it, it literally says missing heaven by 18 inches and it goes on to explain that the distance between the heart and the brain is 18 inches and having mm -hmm. a head knowledge versus having a heart knowledge and, and you could miss heaven by literally 18 inches. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, you're bringing out a lot of good points, you know, about really, and I want to ask you, um, because you were saved originally and then you got caught into a spirit of, of religion. What was, what was your personal relationship like with the Lord or like your prayer life? Did, did all of your religious works drown out the, the voice of the Lord, you know, in your prayer life throughout those years? How, how did that go? <laughs> Well, uh, before the before the message of the cross came into my life, and I'm still learning the message of the cross, so don't get me wrong there. I have a long way to go. Um, before the message of the cross came to my life, my prayer life was all about me telling God what what He already knew, uh, like me. It, it was very religious. Me. Um, almost demanding how to there it it was um how do i say it sometimes i was very loud and demonstrative uh demanding uh authoritative like you know there was no reverence for god to be honest with you um uh, just like i had this authority and I was going to wield my authority around. And that's not at all. Uh, we have got to remember. I want to read you a scripture to bring it out that's a little bit better. That that I, the word of God could speak it far better than I can. Because I'm not doing a very good job explaining. But, you know, the thing is, is that um, it says in, and I love this so much because it's so beautiful. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, it says, Keep your foot when you go to the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with your mouth and let not your heart, I love that, be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven and you upon earth therefore let your words be few <laughs> huh. mm. couldn't have said it better. so huh couldn't have said it better yeah so before it would be like now you got to remember i came from word of faith so before it would be um kind of like um okay it would, you know, because Isaiah fifty five eleven, you know, it says uh, um, that uh, God's word does not return to him void, but performs what he sent it to do. But in in the word of faith, it, it is, you know, you you say what the word's going to do, and that's kind of like white magic, actually. Right. So it's it's very yeah. So, it's, so that's how we would do it. We would tell God what his word is going to perform for us. Mm. And so it was very arrogant. Yeah. My prayer life was very, it was full of a lot of arrogance. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it was just very twisted. But yet I did, I would have never known that had I not been, that had not been revealed to me 
through my spiritual mother and through the message of the cross and all that, I would have never, ever had seen that at all. Wow. Yeah, almost like um, you go before the Lord not because you, you need something, but because it's almost like you're 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 puffing yourself up to the Lord, you know, and that's <laughs> like I don't need anything kind of kind of attitude. You know, it, it reminds me of um the testimony of when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh it was a year after I got saved and we went up to Cross River Tabernacle in New York and Donnie Swaggart was supposed to be in and he canceled because of COVID and Pastor Mike uh took over the service. Uh, it was a tent uh, tent meeting outside in the in the summer, and he preached on the baptism. And I was there with my two friends, uh, Adam and Jared, and I won't name the others that that met us there. Um, but we all sat through the message and responded immediately to the altar call. Uh, me, Adam, and Jared, all three of us went up, and me and Adam, uh, Adam got refilled, and I got filled for the first time. And, and mm-hmm. I was on cloud nine, like it was amazing. I was so excited. And I went back to my seat and uh, I sat down and, and the other person that met us, uh, who, who was in the service, was sitting next to me. And I, I said to her, I said, uh, did you get it? Did you, did you go up? And she looked at me with this uh, deadpan stare and said, I don't need that. I already have that. And it like totally ruined the mood for me and it was just it was unbelievable that somebody who's claiming they're a christian is going to say something like that right mm-hmm. i don't need that yeah i already have that well that's that's real cocky and that's uh, mm-hmm. that's a dangerous place to be at because everybody needs the holy spirit and you need to be refilled daily right that's like saying i don't need a shower anymore i had one yeah i don't ever have to take one again yeah, it's unbelievable, you know, and I, I just see so many examples of this. And, you know, thank God. How long did it take uh, the Holy Spirit to get your heart to the point where you realized you you, had, you were bound, that that woman brought out you had a spirit of religion? How long was that process? Oh, gee. <laughs> uh, well, let's see, probably... I don't know, the process was probably 10 years, maybe eight years. I mean, it's it was a process. It was, it, you know, the thing is, it's interesting, and it's still probably happening. Uh, the religion, it takes time for it to fall off. As Brother Swagger says, the clinging vines of the fall. Right. You know, uh, it, it's still, there's, pro- I, I would have to say it's still happening uh, because I'm not bound by a spirit of religion anymore like I was, but there's still things falling off because a a spirit of religion, we all have the tendency for a spirit to operate in a spirit of religion, all of us. So I was so bound by a spirit of religion. Am I, am I there anymore? I, I no, I don't believe I'm bound by a spirit of religion, but I believe the tendency to um you know for things to uh to me for me to to lean into that or to how do i put it anyway it's you know it we all can fall into that and to um yeah we can all fall into that 
everybody can. I see it. I see it. Every everybody can. Nobody's nobody's not going to. Right. Um, it just is because that's the bent of the sin nature. Right. And that's the bent of the flesh. Um, everybody does it. I I've seen it on some of the greatest, you know, godliest people, and you discern it. And I go, that's religion right there. But it just is what it is, and that's why we need to keep our faith in Christ because otherwise we will. That's what we will tend to do. Um, so it's always God's always working with me on that. But it's it's been a process, and and the, the here's the awesome thing. Uh, God, God by His grace lets me recognize, and it's not me that recognizes it, Kirk. So I gotta, I've got to make that clear. I don't recognize it. It's He that shows me, uh, Juliana. Look what you're doing here. You see what that is? Do you right. recognize? That's a familiar <clears throat> thing right there. Do you remember what that is? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's religion there. So it's all Him. It's all Him allowing me to see. There you go again. Amen. And so um, praise God for his grace, because if it wasn't for his grace, I wouldn't know. I would be blind and I'd, I'd be in that doing that all over again. But I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to go back there. So I, that to answer your question, it's still happening. It's I'm still being I'm still moving away from that. And I think that that will until I go to glory, that will forever be a process of, of freedom. Right. Amen. And, and, and praise God that, that you recognized it, you know, that he, he did use that woman to reveal it to you and you, you accepted and, and you went the right way, you know, because there's a lot of people today that, you know, how many people out there do you think, uh, come into the same scenario where the Lord finally reveals to them that they're bound and they ignore it because of pride, and and they don't go the right way. I mean, that's a scary thought, you know. I, I man, it's it's terrifying, really, because you know we got to die daily. Luke nine twenty three says, you know, the Lord said, anybody's going to come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and you know, if if anybody out there, I'm so glad you're bringing up this subject because you, I think think pretty sure you're the first person that has come on that has really come out of, you know, religion like that. You know, but anybody out there, if you if you're confronted with this in your life, you better heed to the Holy Spirit because it's a dangerous path. Wow, it's it's crazy. It's just, you know, I'm I'm only 4 years into my walk and I'm seeing so much. It's just not what I expected. <laughs> I'll say that from, you know, what I thought Christianity was all about my whole life to now being born again and seeing and getting into, you know, ministry work and talking to people and seeing what's out there. It's it's terrifying. It really is because I think on a daily basis, uh, what do I have wrong? Do I, do I have something wrong? Am I, am I off here or am I off there? You know, it's 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 humbling. I'll, I'll say that. Well, and here's the thing. So I want to say two things. One is, so in Matthew chapter 7, in verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, right. shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, 
but he who does the will of my father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name have cast out devils and in your name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them. I never knew you depart from me. You who work iniquity. So here we have people who, who did things in the name of Jesus, prophesying, casting out demons, de- doing wonderful works, but their faith is not in the finished work of Christ. This could be, and it doesn't, it's not clear, but here we are possibly spirit of religion, people who are religious, but no relationship. Right. Scare. And as you said, frightening. Mm-hmm. absolutely frightening. So if somebody isn't sure, they better take heed. They better take heed because that is absolutely frightening because he says, I never knew you depart from me. So they will be forever cast into the to hell. So that is a reality that we need to take, be aware of. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing is, I want to say my spiritual mother, Wanda Krantz, has been doing discipleship for over 40 something years. And I got to be honest, she is the only one I have ever encountered in all my years of walking with the Lord who does who, who disciples people this way. I've never met any. And I keep telling her, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. She, I've never met anybody who does true discipleship this way. And I call her that she's like a Holy ghost archeologist <laughs> because sometimes, cause you know, an archeologist, sometimes they take that little brush and they just sweep yeah. the dirt away to reveal what's there. Yep. And then sometimes in arch- and sometimes they take that little pickaxe thing and they, it hurts, but it still, you know, brings up what is supposed to be uncovered. And she, I mean, the Holy Spirit uses that woman in such a amazing way, but she never will point anybody to herself. She always points people to Christ and she doesn't want people to remain with her. She wants people to be healed and, and know Christ and crucified and then get out of her you know, office. But she's, she has led uh, pastors to Christ, pastors who wow. thought they were saved. And they come to her, and she disciples them, and they become born again. How about that? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, God bless that woman. <clears throat> yeah, her and her husband have done it for 40-something years, and then her husband passed away about five years ago, five, six years ago now. But, uh, yeah, she's, I mean, it's amazing. And um, so, but it's, you know, and she always, she always, you know, includes, you know, leading people to, SBN and stuff and but it's always about Christ and him crucified but it's so important people need this right people need to do, it's about the heart it's about where's your heart with Jesus yeah you know it's it's not about what ministry you're doing it's not about how big your church is it's not about how many people follow you it's not about any of that it's about what do you believe about Jesus amen yeah, it's, uh, you know, thank God there is still, you know, like that woman, a true remnant left that, that is obedient mm-hmm. to the call and, you know, to the moving of the Holy Spirit to use them in, in situations like this. 
thank God for the remnant, you know, because with without them, you know, you and I probably wouldn't be sitting here having a conversation. Neither one of us would, would probably be where we're at, you know. But um, mm -hmm. before I, we wrap up here and do an altar call, I wanted to ask you, um, going back to your, your early years when you were sitting in the car with that girl getting ready to get high and the presence of God filled the car and delivered you, what did you attest that to then? Because I know you said it wasn't until years later you knew that that was a miracle, but what, what did you chalk that up to at the time? Like, what did, what did you think happened? Well, all I can say is that I believe that was the mercy of God, you know? Um, I believe that God, you know, I think about Saul on the Damascus Road. He wasn't saved yet. Right. And he he was not born again yet. But but Jesus met him. You know, when Saul was when Pete when Stephen was being stoned, right? And they were laying their coats at Steve at Saul's feet. That was the that was the beginning right there. I believe his heart was being prepared for what was going to happen on that Damascus Road. I really do. Right. I believe that because when Stephen said, do not hold this charge against against them, I believe something happened in his heart at that moment. I believe, I believe that he was touched, divinely touched by the presence of God in that moment. Amen. And it was a preparation for what was going to happen on that Damascus road. And I believe the same thing happened to me in that car that God divinely touched me with his presence in that car and prepared me for what was going to happen years later, giving my heart to Jesus. Wow. And I can't explain it. And you know what? Here's what I know. And many have agreed to this. I believe if I could explain it, it wouldn't have been a miracle. Yeah, you're right. Wow. It's amazing to hear, you know, I think you're uh, the 17th, person I've talked to and everybody's different, you know, to, to see the things that the Lord does differently in, in everybody's life. It's, it blows my mind, Juliana. It just literally, it blows my mind to see some of the things and hear what, what God does. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's why he's God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, well, hey, this uh, this has been a really good conversation. And before I, I lead us in an altar call here, I, I just want to give you a, uh, a minute or two minutes to take the floor and, and really speak to that person out there that might be struggling or, or in, you know, some kind of bondage to religion or just somebody looking for hope. I want to I want to give you an opportunity to, to speak to that person tonight here. Well, if you are, uh, I, I, if you feel like you just are in an iron room, like you, you, you feel like you can't get out and no one can get in and, and, and you feel like there's no way of escape, know that Jesus can get to you, that you are not alone, that Christ can reach you where you're at. He, he, he is but a whisper away. If you just whisper his name, he can come to where you are at. There's, there is no bondage so great 
that he can't rescue you from, whether it's addiction to drugs, whether it's being bound to religion, whether you are in fear, it, it, whether you're in torment, no matter what your issue is, no matter what your bondage is, Jesus is the bondage breaker. He is the bondage breaker. And all you have to do is put your faith in him. And that's it. Just put your faith in him and he will set you free. He will set you free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well said. And guys, listen, anybody out there tonight, if, if you know you are in that position or if, if you don't even know the Lord tonight or you've walked away at some point and you want to come back to God, you know, we're, we're going to lead you in a sinner's prayer tonight. You know, and I'll lead and, and Juliana is going to repeat after me and you guys just follow along. And, you know, it's not the words that save you. It, if, it's if you believe this in your heart, God will come into your heart where you sit tonight. And he will change you at the snap of a finger and you will be reborn at the snap of a finger and, and your life will be radically changed. So we're going to lead you in a prayer tonight and you guys just follow along with us. Dear God in heaven. Dear God in heaven. I come to you today as a lost sinner. I come to you today as a lost sinner. I'm asking you that you save my soul. I'm asking that you save my soul and cleanse me from all sin and cleanse me from all sin. I realize in my heart my need of salvation. I realize in my heart my need of salvation, which can only come through Jesus Christ, which only can come through Jesus Christ. I am accepting Christ into my heart. I'm accepting Christ into my heart and what he did on the cross to purchase my redemption and what he did on the cross to purchase my redemption. In obedience to your word. In obedience to your word. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in my heart God has raised him from the dead. And believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. You have said in your word which cannot lie. You have said in your word, which cannot lie. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I have called upon your name exactly as you have said. I have called upon your name exactly as you have said. And I believe that right now I am saved. And I believe right now that I am saved. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you guys prayed with us tonight and you have a born again experience that you want to share on the show, you could reach out to me again at rustpodcast at proton.me. That's rustpodcast at proton.me. Or go find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Send me a message. Just get a hold of me. Uh, Juliana, this was a, a great conversation. I really enjoyed having you on. And I'm really glad that, that you touched on on the religious aspect because it's it's such a, a bear that we're facing today in the church Amen. yes it is thank you for having me absolutely and you know i i, I told just i tell everybody this you know you got an open door here if you got something you want to talk about or you know, some testimonies of what the lord's doing uh you get a hold of me come on anytime you want and uh i'll give you a, a platform to share what the, the lord is doing in your life Right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming around tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, 
share the show. It's the only way the show grows. You guys get more people hearing the show. That means we get more testimonies on, more people saved. Uh, Juliana, thanks again. Have a good night. God bless you. Thank you. All right. God bless you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.